This is PhotoBizX, episode number 370, and today we are talking emails for your photography business, and in particular, how to set up and utilize an effective email autoresponder series, what to include in your nurture sequence, what you can use for a lead magnet, and anything else you've ever wanted to know about email autoresponders. Our special guest is the one and only Julie Christie from Togs in Business. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This one is a long one, so we are going to get straight into it today. I really am looking forward to getting into this one with Julie and sharing it with you because I am a big believer in email autoresponders. I love them. I think they are a great way or a great thing to incorporate into your business, but I don't think they are the sole way to handle your email correspondence with your prospective clients. We'll get more into that in just a minute with Julie. In regards to me and my week, I have been having a love-hate relationship with my phone. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've got into some dreadful, horrible habits that I despise. And I don't know if it's because of my phone or just me and my my personality traits, but I'm finding, or I did find, I was spending up to an hour on my phone before I go to sleep at night and when I wake up in the morning flicking through emails, looking at social media, jumping from Instagram to Facebook to Facebook groups to messages to Twitter, and then I'd even find myself going back, which is absolutely crazy. So I was spending more than two hours a day flicking through my phone. <laughs> and it finally got to a point where I'm, I'm thinking, what, what the hell am I doing? Why am I wasting so much time on my phone when a lot of this is work stuff and I could be I could be doing something more productive with my time, which, you know, you might be thinking, well, hey, how productive can you be in that hour before you go to sleep or that that first hour of the morning when you wake up? Well, I think it's pretty obvious when you wake up, yeah, you could jump out of bed and and get into an exercise routine, do journaling if you're into that, start work, reply to actual emails instead of actually just looking at them on your phone. It is easy to be productive in the morning and to see that. But what I've found since... (laughs) taking the big steps of deleting Instagram, deleting Facebook, and deleting Twitter off my phone. Yes, I've deleted all three from my phone as an experiment. I don't know how long it's going to last and how I'm going to go with it. Linda thinks it's only going to be a fad. But so far, after a little over a week, I am feeling so much better about it. What I'm finding is when I go to bed now is I actually read (laughs) Which, which I used to do a little bit of after I finished on the phone, but now I'm reading so much more and I love to read. I'm reading new authors, discovering new books and really enjoying that time before going to sleep. In the morning, I'm doing the same. I'm reading, but I'm also getting out of bed more quickly. And as a result of this extra time, I've also just kicked off a brand new photography project. So I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm not going to talk too much about that because I want it to evolve a little bit more 
before I get into it, into sharing what I'm doing with that project. But yeah, I'm finding, and this sounds crazy at this early stage, but I'm finding life is so much better without having that damn phone in my face all the time. I really do feel like it's an anchor in, in our lifestyle these days. And look, I'm already... I guess on the fringe a little bit because my my mates, my cycling mates, my cycling friends think I'm absolutely crazy because most of the time when I go riding, I don't take a phone with me. And yeah, that that sounds like it, it could be crazy. Um, I do miss having the the ability to take photos while I'm out riding, but I was finding I wasn't doing that so much anyway because I just want to be in the moment while I'm cycling. I don't need to be taking photos all the time of every single thing. And what I was finding was I'd pull up to the coffee shop or stop while someone repairs a flat tire or whatever, and I'd pull out my phone. Like, <laughs> And so do, so do my mates. I mean, I'm not the only one. I think this is a an issue that, that most of us have these days. We, we are so tied to our phones. And, and I'm worried about what well, I think about and have concerns for the next generation who are literally growing up with a phone in their hands. I don't know if you've struggled with this or you have similar thoughts or ideas on how to deal and cope with too much phone use, excessive phone use, or even if you see it as excessive phone use. Could you could you go a week without your phone? Could you survive without Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email on your phone? Have you tried it? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you do have any, let me know in the comments area for this week's episode and you can find them at the bottom of the show notes, the comments area at photobizx.com forward slash 370. And of course, if you are a premium member and you have some thoughts on this topic, I'd love to hear about them in the members Facebook group. Let's talk about it more in there. And now a macro look at the last episode. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Matt Barnett, he is the founder and the CEO of Bonjoro, and what he shared in last week's episode on utilizing video in your email replies will tie in perfectly with a lot of the things that Julie talks about in today's episode. So if you've never considered, or maybe you have considered but haven't tried utilizing video replies when you get a client inquiry for your photography business, get back and have a listen to that interview with Matt Barnett from last week. I can promise you it's not a one-hour interview on the benefits of Bonjoro for your business. Bonjoro is just one of the apps that are available to, to use video as a, as a way to reply to your client inquiries. There are other apps out there, some free, some paid, but the point is what Matt shares will help you make a better connection more quickly than you're able to by simply using email if you're not too afraid to try something new and introduce some video into your business. I know you'll love that interview if you haven't heard it yet. Get back and have a listen if you haven't. And if you have, I'm sure you'll be able to apply what Matt talked about last week to what Julie shares in the upcoming interview today. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Julie Christie in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today. I'm going to be saving a large portion of the second half 
for premium members only. Now, you will still get a ton from what Julie shares in the first half of this interview. If you'd like to hear the full interview, if if she has piqued your interest on the idea of implementing an email autoresponder series, a nurture sequence into your photography business, you can hear the full interview as a premium member, which you can trial for as little as $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Sign up for a dollar, grab the 30-day trial membership, become a fully-fledged member for the next 30 days, hear the full interview with Julie today, get access to the full back catalogue and see what the premium membership is all about. I'll send you an invite to join the premium members Facebook group. I'll help you get started in your very own mastermind group and you'll get access to all the different promo codes and freebies and discounts that premium members get access to as well. photobizx.com forward slash try if you want to check that out. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest featured on the podcast in episode 245, and I was preparing to introduce her for this interview, but I just can't go past what I said last time. And it was something like this. Here is a photographer turned business coach who is based in Scotland, but helps photographers around the world with their businesses. She is a powerhouse when it comes to producing actionable money-making content for photographers on her website, inside her Facebook group, and as part of her membership. She's obsessed with the business of photography and everything she creates just looks beautiful as well. Now, I'm wary when it comes to recommending business coaches, but with hand on heart, I wouldn't hesitate in recommending today's guest to you for any help you need with your business because I know she's as passionate about your success as I am. I'm talking about the gorgeous Julie Christie from Togs in Business and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Julie, welcome back. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm here again. I'm so happy to be a guest <laughs> twice on your podcast. It's only a rare few that get invited back, Julie, so you must have done something right. <laughs> honoured, honoured. So how are things with you, your members, you know, the photographers in your group? How are things? Great. Yeah, I love my members. I love my <laughs> membership. I'm just, I feel very blessed to do what I do, to just talk about basically marketing all day, every day with <laughs> photographers and watch them learn and evolve and grow their businesses and you know embrace marketing in the way that they embrace photography. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm loving growing the membership and doing that day to day. Nice. How would you describe your, you know, your average, I don't want to call someone average, but your typical member, who are they? Oh, a typical member. So I don't have a gender specific typical member. I have a very equal spread of male and female, but what they have in common is that they are desperate to grow their business and grow their business with great clients, clients who actually value what they do, but they're struggling. They have this great grasp of photography and they have this great customer experience, but they struggle to get in front of the right people. You know what it's like. So they produce content and marketing but, you know, it's their mum who responds and, you know, they're not getting in front of the right people. There's nothing wrong with their message and there's nothing wrong with their business model. It's just that they don't have enough people. So I help them get in front of more of the right people nice. with their message. And the typical person is someone who is willing to learn. You know, I know that you know the type that they have lots of questions, but they kind of want you to tell them all of the answers and do it all for them. So my typical 
perfect member is someone who just wants to dive in and do the work. And they know that it's not going to be this quick fix, this silver bullet. They want to do the work. And when they do the work, they see the results. Yeah, nice. And what about genres that they shoot? Is it only wedding or only portrait photographers? It's portrait and wedding photographers mainly. So I do have some photographers and videographers who offer different services, but there are not so many of them. And the membership is very much geared towards portrait photographers and wedding photographers. But within the portrait genre, we're talking boudoir, pets, families, headshots, personal branding, the whole lot. Right. Got it. Got it. When someone comes in to your membership or you're talking to them about their business, do you guide them down a certain road? Like, do you want them to work on their website first, to work on Facebook ads, to run Google AdWords, to fix up their email marketing? Like, is there a formula? That's a good question. Um, No, (laughs) there is not. So I do have a roadmap inside the membership. And it's a suggested roadmap these days. So it used to be that people had to go through this certain number of courses before they could dive into the rest of the membership. But what I've realized is that I have all these different types of learners and people who come in at different stages. So there is a suggested roadmap inside the membership. But actually, what it's more about now is it's not diving straight into your website and it's not diving straight into Facebook ads because there's so much stuff that has to happen before that. And the stuff that happens before that is actually what I think is the most important transformational stuff. And that is who you actually are as a business person and as a photographer and who you genuinely want to work with so that you can get that message ultra, ultra clear. And that when you do send marketing out, so you know when you do dive into the courses that talk you through how to create amazing Facebook ads and how to create a high converting website, that when you do do that, you are inserting yourself throughout the whole thing. You know, it's dripping with your personality and and your character and your values. Because I think now in this saturated market that that's what's going to differentiate you. You know, if, if you have all these different photographers to choose from, then it's most likely that you're going to make your decision, especially if the pricing is similar-ish, if the style to you is similar-ish. But the thing that's going to make you reach out to one instead of the other is the connection you feel to them, to their personality, whether they seem like they're going to be fun to hang out with, You know, whether you have these things in common. And that's what's going to differentiate you now. So it's about getting yourself into your business and into your marketing messages. And that's really where we start in Togs and Business. It's almost like self-discovery of you and making sure you put that into all of your marketing because that's the problem, isn't it? You know who you are and you know who you want to work with. But when it comes to putting it down into your marketing, it ends up sounding a little bit generic and just like your competitors. So we start there. Sorry, that was a really long-winded answer to your question. Well, it brings me to two, I think, important questions. And that is, what happens to the photographer that comes to you and they say, I'm just not that interesting. Like, I don't have that quirky, fun personality that so many of these other popular photographers have. I'm I'm just me. Well, I love this question. (laughs) 
I love this question. And it happens all the time. You've just nailed it completely. It happens all the time. You know, and that's a word they use a lot, quirky. I'm just not quirky. I'm not funny. I don't write in that engaging way. And that is absolutely not the point at all. And it's about then saying, okay, so do you really believe that all of these clients out there are looking for this quirky extroverted photographer? Because they're not, you know, there are so many introverted clients who will shy away from a photographer like that. They think, you know, I don't want to work with someone like that because that's so not me. And they're looking for a photographer just like you. So if you're introverted, for example, you should absolutely embrace that 100%. And you should talk about it in your social media. You should talk about it in your blog posts. You should talk about, you know, the books that you love to read and what you like to do, you know, walking in nature and all these things, because there are people out there who will connect with that on such a deep level. And that's where you differentiate yourself just by being you, not by trying. I think there are a lot of photographers now who are trying to portray this quirky, extroverted, funny version of themselves. And it's just the wrong way to go because when your clients meet you, they'll very quickly see that you're not like that. You have to be aligned. Your personality has to be aligned with your marketing. And there are lots and lots of amazing business people out there who are not quirky and hilarious and extroverted. They are the very opposite. And actually introverts tend to be more successful. Is that right? Is there proof of that? When they embrace it, (laughs) only when they embrace it. Well, okay. Well, that leads me to my second question in response to what you said about these photographers and embracing their, you know, their personality, whatever it may be. You said you want to appeal to your perfect client and speak to your perfect client. But for a lot of photographers, isn't the perfect client, any client that books? I would say no. I think that I'm going to say in the early days that this is an it depends kind of question. So I'm going to say no, but in the early days, I think there's nothing wrong with saying yes to everyone who books and wanting to work with anyone who books, because that's how you learn, isn't it? And that's how you grow your business. You get as much work as you possibly can. So I am the last person to say, you know, start with these ultra high prices and only work with your perfect clients, because how do you know? You don't know until you've done that. So in the early days, you know, work with whoever you want, because that's going to very quickly allow you to find out who you love working with the most. But as you move forwards in your journey, and as you realize who you don't like to work with, who doesn't light you up, and who doesn't value what you do, then you start to eliminate these people. And you start to make sure your marketing repels them. And you start to make sure your marketing really speaks to the people that you love to work with. So it's a kind of a double answer to your question, but I do think it depends. And once you're established, no, anyone who books is not the right person to be working with because that's not going to bring you any kind of fulfillment. And actually, it's just going to lead you to close your business earlier. By not attracting people that make you happy to be doing what you're doing. Absolutely. You know what it feels like to work with someone who just sucks out your soul when there's such a bad fit for you and your business. And it tends to be when you're cheaper that this happens, that you get these clients who get this great deal and then they want your 
firstborn child from you or something. It's just <laughs> crazy. And it makes you feel dreadful. And you have this horrible, bitter taste in your mouth afterwards. And every experience you have like that, it should be a step closer to really understanding who your ideal client or ideal clients are. It should be a lesson learned. So if you keep working with these people, if you find that you're working with them time and time again, then you're not evaluating. You're not looking at why that's happening. You're not learning and improving. I think it's really important to work with the wrong people several times so that you learn those lessons. Oh, yeah. They're tough lessons to learn. They are. (laughs) So then if I'm following what you're saying, when I start, if there's a listener who's starting in their photography business journey, it's okay to not have their personality or their brand refined to a point where they're repelling people, but they slowly implement that as they go. Is that the way I'm understanding it? I would say absolutely, 100%. I mean, if you think back to when you started, did you know exactly what you wanted to do and who you wanted to do it for? This is really embarrassing, but my first business name was Weddings, Portraits, Anything. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I was literally (laughs) photographed anything for money. (laughs) Yeah, but look where it got you. I think that's a good way to start. I really do. And I, I think that if you're encouraged to niche down too early, then I could never have done that because I didn't know. I really didn't know. And I made so many mistakes. Oh my goodness. I worked for almost nothing. Even when I started charging, I was far too cheap. I did every job that someone approached me with a job and I said yes immediately before even hearing what it was. And I don't regret a single thing about that, not a single thing, because it helped me to learn what I liked and what I didn't like. And, you know, as long as you are taking on board those lessons as you go and you're eliminating the stuff that you hate as you go, and you're increasing your prices as you go, then it's all good, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. You said something earlier too about websites that convert. What do you mean by that? When someone has a website that converts or doesn't convert, what does that actually mean? Oh, so many things. So I suppose first and foremost, the user experience that you're delivering there. So if someone If this perfect client arrives on your website and it's slow and clunky and the navigation is extremely complicated or confusing and they can't find the information that they're looking for, then you've lost that perfect client, even though you know you could serve them amazingly well. And this is the problem. It's this poor shop front that is very, very common with photographers. You know, they have what it takes, but they're not selling that on their website. So I suppose it's the user experience first and foremost, but also that high impact first impression where you have this fabulous hero section on your website with an image or a slider of images that make your ideal client literally gasp. You know, they should be gasping and thinking, oh my God, this is exactly the type of photograph I am looking for. This is exactly what I want. And a big, bold statement where you're calling them out. You're basically saying, look, you're in the right place. I'm the photographer for you. So that they then start to scroll because they won't even scroll if they don't have that high impact first impression. Beyond that, it's really about making sure that you have that consistent call to action throughout your website making sure that you have all the information they might want. And it doesn't have to be full and detailed pricing, but you have to have pricing available, an idea of pricing, even if they have to opt in to get that. 
But as for the other information, give them as much as possible. Answer all of their questions. You know, Google, they say that 70% of the buying decision is actually made before that client reaches out to you. Now, this is a website when they reach out to you via your website. They're already 70% of the way there. And that's because we're doing almost all of our research online now. So if you're a photographer and you don't have the answers to your client's questions, then that's not going to help you convert that client. And of course, having an opt-in of some kind, because how many people who land on your website actually get in touch? And it's a very low number. So you have to have a secondary call to action for the people who are just not ready yet. It doesn't mean they're never going to be ready. They will eventually be ready to reach out to you, but you should have some way of getting them on board so that you can speak to them via email. So, you know, let them opt in. They could opt into your price list. You know, you could have starting from prices on your website and they could opt in to find out more about your pricing. That's not my favorite opt-in, but it's an option. You can have some kind of guide or they can just opt into your emails. If you send great emails and they very much serve your ideal client, they could just opt into that or a checklist or you know any kind of freebie that we should definitely have some kind of secondary action that those people can take. So there are so many things that come together to create this high converting website, but I would say those are the main ones. Well, let's stay with the opt-in. So if you're talking to to a photographer, what would you say to, which you are, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what would you advise them to try first for an opt-in? And would you test it or how would you go about it, creating this opt-in? Oh, good question. Okay. So you said, would you test it? I would validate the idea first. So actually, let me just rewind a little bit. The first thing I would do is I would put something on there that is so, so simple and easy that you can do today. So if you're listening to this and you think, I don't have an opt-in, it's been on my to-do list forever, then just put any old thing on there to start with. Okay. It can just be opt-in to my emails, opt-in to my email list. Only if you send emails, obviously. It can be your price list. So what you could do is you could take your full pricing off your website and just have some starting from prices. Or, you know, if you want no pricing at all and let them opt in to get your pricing. You could have something that you've written as a blog post. So maybe you've written a blog post that is about um, oh my goodness, what could it be? Uh perfect outfits to wear for different body shapes for a boudoir shoot, for example, that could easily become an opt-in. So you could use that to create a really great, quick to consume, very valuable, helpful PDF guide. And you could pop it onto your website as an opt-in. So use what you already have to begin with. And then once that's in place, because it's better to have something than nothing, But once that's in place, I would definitely urge photographers to think about a much higher quality opt-in, something that's going to really resonate with the ideal person on your website and maybe in a Facebook ad, because if you have a really great lead magnet, which is what another name for an opt-in, a lead magnet, if you have a really great one that your ideal client would really want, then you can use that as a Facebook ad as well. So I would encourage everyone to get something on your website 
but then start thinking about how it can be leveled up. Right. Okay. So for the listener who doesn't have an opt-in yet, are they going to need an account with someone like MailChimp or MailerLite? Yes. Something like that? Yes. I'm glad you mentioned MailerLite. They are great. They are so great. I can't believe the the price. I mean, it starts at free and then even then it's extremely cheap and it has all the features. So I would certainly be pushing people towards MailerLite if they haven't got anything set up yet. Okay. And if they have no idea about you know putting this opt-in form, this box on their website, could they go to somewhere like I don't know, Upwork or whoever looks after their website to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would have to say that it's way easier than if, you, if you're if you not so tech savvy and these things give you a headache, I think you would be pleasantly surprised at how straightforward it is. But if you run into problems, there are always people to help you. And I would definitely say rather than you know struggle with that on your own and waste your time that could be better spent, elsewhere, then yeah, look to Upwork and find someone who you will find someone there who actually specializes in that and you can get them to set that up for you in no time. So it's the wise move if you're going to take too long to do it. Right. And just quickly, Julie, on websites, I want to keep going with the opt-ins and the lead magnets and emails, Okay. but just quickly with websites, what do you say to your photographers that you're helping? Do you suggest WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, Imagely, anything like that? Or do you think it doesn't matter? I think it does matter. I think it matters a lot, actually. I always suggest that they think about who they are first and their budget, all that sort of stuff. If they have this desire to learn and they're quite tech savvy and they're really willing to just jump in and do it, then I would always push people towards a self-hosted WordPress site, you know, and to get a really great theme you know, someone like Melissa Love, who has these gorgeous WordPress themes for photographers. But if they are really not that way inclined and they don't have the budget to hire someone to do it really well for them, then I definitely push them towards the likes of Squarespace because why get yourself bogged down in that misery? I mean, I am really quite tech savvy. And sometimes when I'm working on my website, I nearly cry, you know, that it's, so I would never want to push someone towards WordPress when they're not going to gel with it and it's going to cause them major problems. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but when a photographer does go the WordPress way and tries to do it all themselves and they're not very good at that kind of thing, they end up with a kind of a crappy looking website. So I would push them towards something like Squarespace. Yeah. I'm with you there hundred <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> the easy way, the path of least resistance all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I agree too, because if someone is struggling, generally they have a pretty ugly website. I've seen that. And I, yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> it's so important that your website looks great. It's yeah. so important to clients. It's that first impression when they land on that site they immediately, you know, within half a second, they've made a judgment on you. And if your website looks great, they think, yep, okay, I'm going to stay for a while. Yeah, I agree. So let's say we have our website sorted. It looks fantastic. We've got a hero image or slider at the top. We've got a lead magnet that the client or the visitor wants. They opt in. Why do we even want that? (laughs) What's next? (laughs) Oh, we want that so much. This is one of my favorite 
topics is what you do with those people when they opt in. Because all too often, and I know this is going to resonate with lots, and it was me for a long time, they opt in and then nothing happens. (laughs) You just disappear because you don't email them. And so that's so important that we make sure that we actually are delivering on our promise when someone opts in. But why we want them to do that is what you asked. So why do we want them to opt in? So many people are not ready. So let me give you a really recent good example of this. So I have actually now joined a choir, but a few months ago, I was thinking about joining a choir. Now, this has been on my mind, something I've kind of wanted to do, but I've been a bit hesitant, a bit embarrassed. So I haven't reached out to any. And this year I thought, no, I'm going to join a bloody choir. So I reached out to this local-ish choir to me and I heard back, I got an email back, but by the time I got this response back, I was not really in the frame of mind anymore. So I was in the zone when I reached out, I wanted to join a choir. But then by the time she responded, it was maybe two days later, so many things had happened, you know, life had happened and I just wasn't in that zone anymore. So I wasn't so warm. I wasn't so hot as a lead. And then I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything else. And I kept thinking, you know, I was thinking about how much I love email nurturing. And I thought, what a shame that she didn't nurture me via email. You know, she could have addressed some concerns that I had. So she could have added me to a sequence of emails And maybe one of them might have been, are you worried that you might have to sing on your own at choir? And I would have opened that because it's one of my worries. Or have you been putting off joining a choir? And maybe frequently asked questions about our choir. So every time an email would have landed in my inbox, I would have been reminded that this is something I want to do. And actually, I would have been served by her. She's answering some questions. She's addressing some of my fears and concerns. And I'm so much more likely every time she sends me an email to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. And she's maybe asking me to reply, you know, come on, Julie, let's do this. Let's get you booked in for a taster session. And I would maybe have just gone, yep, I'm going to do it. And that's the same with all of your clients. You know, some golden clients come along or some golden subscribers come along And they're just ready. They're just absolutely ready. They need a photographer right now, or they've been following you for a while and they're like, yep, I want to work with Andrew. But most of them are not. They're just, they've reached out on a whim or they've reached out, but they still have doubts and they're not ready to book yet. So we need to warm them up. We need to nurture them. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about personality and values and character, they also need to start liking you and trusting you and connecting with you. And the more that happens, the more likely you are going to be the only choice for them. And it doesn't happen on social media. You know, we're talking about half a percent of people are going to engage with your social media posts. Half a percent of your followers each time you you post something. How depressing is that? But when <laughs> it's awful, it's nothing. so it doesn't, you can't nurture anyone. Okay. So the example that you gave of you joining the choir, I mean, I think that is such, such a potent example because personally, when I think about email marketing, I think of 
an inbox full of spam. Yes. But when you talk about your emails about the choir that you're interested in, that you have genuine interest in, you have fears about, and you've thought about it for so long, you can't wait to get those emails, but you just didn't get them. Of course. (laughs) It was such a disappointment to me. And I thought, I mean, I would never offer advice and feedback to anyone who had not asked, but I wished that I could. I wished I could reach out to her and say, listen, if you just did this, (laughs) you would absolutely convert so many more people You know, what you've just said about an inbox full of spam, this is what gets in the way of photographers emailing people in the way that they should. They have this mindset that I don't want to clutter up their inbox. I don't want to bother them. These people have enough crap in their email inbox. But what they're not realizing is what they're saying is I would just be sending more crap to them. But why would you send crap? You're not going to send bad emails to them. You're going to send emails that are going to serve them. You're going to give over and over again, and you're going to help them towards the very best decision for them, whether that's a yes or a no. And you're also forgetting that they opted in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they want to hear from you. (laughs) They said, please please email me and you're not emailing them. So, And this is when they're hot, you know, when they first opt in. So either when someone, because you should be email nurturing two sets of people, not just people who opt in to your email list, but you should be email nurturing the people who ghost you as well. Okay. What do you mean by that? So, you know, those who get in touch, you know, the ones who go dark. So you should put them into like a separate list? No, I would put them into the same email nurture sequence as the people who just opt into your list. So if people opt into a freebie that is directly, it's important to say that when they opt in, they should be opting into something that is directly related to your service. So they have to show a genuine interest in your service for you to then start nurturing them about your service. Because, you know, in terms of data protection and things, if they just opt into some random thing and you start nurturing them about your uh, dog shoots, you know, it doesn't make sense. It has to be related quite strongly. But yeah, these people who have ghosted you, so they've got in touch with you and they've inquired about a shoot or they've inquired about your wedding photography. And then you've got back to them. So you've sent them your response and they have ghosted you. They've gone dark. Do you mean they've contacted you via email or messenger or a phone call? Does it matter which way? Or it has to be via email to add them to your email list? You have to have their email address to add them to your list. So generally, it's going to be someone who has contacted you via email or via your contact form so that you have their email address. Right. So you're saying add them. So if they ghost you after you reply, add them to your nurture sequence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can do this via messenger as well. I mean, if you have a a messenger bot set up and I love them. I know lots of people don't like them, but I love them, you know, to really do that first part of the inquiry. And often that messenger bot will get their email address for you. So you can do it with them too. What I would say is your first response to someone, you know, when you first reach out, it should be in person and it should be personalized and it should be amazing. You should have this amazing standout inquiry process. And you know, you've talked about on your podcast about using Bonjoro and things like that. So all of that should be happening. 
And of course, I would say reach out to them again, you know, follow up with them. But if you've followed up and they still haven't got back to you, you should never assume that they're not interested. You should absolutely add them to your nurture sequence. Right. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you're talking about this nurture sequence. So the first thing that happens when someone opts in is they get the lead magnet. They get what they opted in for automatically to the email. Then you have a series, I'm guessing, a series of emails that are pre-written that go out to those people in the order that they subscribed. Absolutely. Okay. So what's in that sequence? (laughs) That's the question, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that is the question. (laughs) So, okay. Would you want me to go through what I would say is a good email nurture sequence? Yeah. Okay. And just before you do that, Julie, so to be clear, if a photographer is listening and they photograph pets and weddings, they would need two separate lead magnets and two separate nurture sequences. Is that right? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, definitely. But what I would say is my members often get themselves wrapped up in a bit of a tiz about this because they think they need all of their email nurture sequence done at the same time. And I would say just get that out of your head right away. There's a lot goes into this and it should be really fantastic. You know, your lead magnet should be good. Your email nurture sequence should be amazing. It should be this journey that you're taking someone on. So you need to put time and effort into it. So if you do weddings, family shoots, boudoir, then start with the service that you want to do more of or that's the most profitable and put together an opt-in and an email nurture sequence just for that so that you can then test it, you can tweak it, you can improve it. And you don't even think about your other services until that one is up and running and doing well for you. So just do it one at a time. Right. Okay. So what goes into this sequence? Okay. (laughs) So I think before you write it, you have to really consider a few things and make sure you feel really comfortable and really confident about certain things. And that is, of course, who it's for. So don't lose sight of this person that you want to work with. And I always recommend you just zone in on one person, the person that you love to work with and remind yourself, you know, what are the main problems or the main desires that you can help them with? I think with photographers, A lot of businesses, you know, they try to focus on the problem that they solve. But with photography, more often than not, it's a desire that they have that you can help them with. So what is that desire? What is their heart's desire that you can actually address, you can give to them? What is the main benefit that they are going to feel after working with you? And you have to make sure that's all throughout your nurture sequence. You have to remind yourself of these things first. The other one is... What do you want them to feel? What are the emotions that you want them to feel as they're receiving your nurture emails? Do you want them to feel like they need this more than anything? Do you want them to actually get emotional or do you want them to feel empowered? What do you want from that? And the last thing, and probably the most important thing is what are the parts of you? So the parts of your personality, your humor, your values, your opinions, what are the parts of you that they are going to connect with the most, that are going to make them like you, get to know you and really trust you to the point that they just couldn't choose anyone else. They just feel there's such a connection. So 
always write those three things down before you do your nurture sequence. Does that make sense? It does. So this is just a list of things we're making before we start writing our actual email. Before you even start writing, because you know what happens is when you start writing, if you haven't focused yourself on what you want to do here, then you will start writing in a really generic way. And you'll focus on the transaction of the service rather than the transformation of the service. And that's what happens when we don't think about what we're going to do first. We just end up writing something that's a bit mediocre. (laughs) And just going back to writing to your ideal, your perfect client, let's say in my business, 80% or 90% of the people that book or inquire are women and only, you know, let's say 5 to 10% are men. Am I writing my emails to a female? Like, is that the way I'm I'm actually, I guess, that's the tone. I'm, I don't know if the tone's the right word. Is that the way I'm framing my emails? Yeah, I would say that I very rarely focus on a male or a female. I very much focus on a person who has certain needs. So I would say, yes, have that person in your mind, whether they're male or female. But really, I think that's the least important thing when it comes to ideal clients. And within the membership, we don't really focus too much on how old the client is or whether they're male or female or where they live or what they do for a living. We very much focus on who they are because that's where you're going to connect. That's absolutely where the connection happens. And what is it they deeply, deeply desire, whether they're male or female? And what is it they're concerned about when it comes to maybe hiring you, whether they're male or female? It just doesn't matter. Those things are the golden things. And after that, you know, what are the things that you're going to have in common that are going to help you connect? But yes, once you have those things in mind, you only write to that person. Right. Okay. So how do we start this sequence? (laughs) What am I saying? Come and book me. I'm going to be great. (laughs) Okay. So I suppose it's in the word. It is a sequence and it's a buildup over time. It's like, it's almost like your sales process through email. So it's, it's almost like what you would do if you manage to get them on the phone, which is always what we want to do, right? You know, you get them on the phone and you have this, you know, maybe 20 minute conversation with them where you are able to tell them all about the experience they're going to enjoy, what they're going to have afterwards. You're able to answer any of their questions. You're able to tap into their desires, address their concerns. It's doing that via email and via a sequence. So each one will have a focus. You're not overwhelming them. And one of the main reasons that people ghost you is because you maybe overwhelmed them with your response. You maybe sent them your 25 page PDF (laughs) and they were like, whoa. (laughs) Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Julie, you've been fantastic again. And, you know, it's so, I mean, the way I introduced you, that was all sincere. And I can tell that you are such a wonderful guest because you won't even let me sort of wrap it up until you finish getting across everything that you want to get across. So the listeners got (laughs) everything they need to go and do this. So there really is no excuse for someone not to go and implement a nurture sequence and an email opt-in. Absolutely. Please do. Please do. Now, I know that you teach this as well as part of your membership. I'm going to get a link or two off you after this for members and listeners, and we'll sort all that out when we stop recording. 
Where is the best place for people though to go and check out your stuff? The best place to go initially is the website. So togsandbusiness.com. I have lots and lots of information there. I have a free training session for people. It's over an hour long and it's called the 60 minute marketing strategy. We actually talk about email nurture sequences within that. It's your full marketing strategy for your business, but not a blueprint. It's very much who you are suited to you and your personality and your ideal client. So you actually put together your marketing strategy with me on the free training and it takes around about an hour. So I'd say that if anyone wanted to dive into that as a first step, that would be the very best decision. And then I also have a membership, a subscription site for people who want to go further. And that is accessible through togsandbusiness.com also. It's very much focused on marketing, but also a lot of business stuff too. It's a journey. There's a lot of work in there, a lot of learning, but I go into everything, you know, email nurture sequences, websites, landing pages, lead magnets, in-person networking, third-party stuff. Everything is in there, but it's about finding the right ones for you. It's not a blueprint. It's very much go in the direction that suits you and your business. So how do members find the right course or thing to access? Do they ask you or do you have like a system inside there for them to find their way? Yeah, Yeah, there's a system inside there. So they go through the motions of, you know, finding out who their ideal client really is, because I think lots of photographers have been taught about their ideal client in the wrong way. They're focusing on demographics instead of the really important stuff. So they do all that work. They do some digging into how to differentiate themselves. And then we talk about all the different types of marketing and which are the best for them. So I've just added some personality test stuff so they can go and do a personality test and they can kind of match up the marketing platforms that are available with their personality. So, you know, it's just the wrong thing to say to everyone that they should be blogging because for some people, blogging is painful and horrific. (laughs) And it's the wrong thing to say that everyone should be going out and doing in-person networking because it's just not right for some people. And it's the wrong thing to say everyone should be going live on Facebook or creating videos because that horrifies some people. So it's about really leaning in to the person that you are and the photographer that you are and who you want to work with and matching up the marketing that suits you so that you can go all in on just one thing. Because isn't that nice to think about that, to think about just doing one thing really well? Absolutely. I can sleep at night if I've got one thing to focus on. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I um, I love the open loop that you snuck in there as well. We've all been taught to focus on demographics, but not what really matters. That was really nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Julie, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I really want to say something about (laughs) your short-haired German sailor (laughs) and drinking rum (laughs) to finish off. But look, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have. And I I know we'll chat again. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me back on. Thanks, Julie. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Julie Christie as much as I did. 
Julie, if you're listening, you know I'm a massive fan of you and what you do. So again, massive thanks for coming on, sharing everything you did. It was an absolute marathon of an interview. You shared so much. So again, massive, massive thanks from me. For you, the listener, I do hope you got as much from Julie as I did. Like I said in the very beginning, I'm a massive fan of email autoresponders. I hope you can implement and you will implement some or all of what Julie had to share. And of course, if you have any follow-up questions for Julie, you can access her in the comments area of the show notes and you can find them at photobizx.com forward slash 370. The comments area are at the very bottom. Above that, you'll find links to anything and everything that Julie mentioned. It's all there in the show notes. And of course, if you are a premium member, you'll have access to Julie inside the members Facebook group where she is already a part of the group. Now, two more quick things before we finish up in regards to Julie and her marketing strategies. She did mention a 60-minute marketing strategy for photographers. You can get access to that for free if you go to photobizx.com forward slash TIB free. That's Togs in Business free. So photobizx.com forward slash TIB free. There's a 60-minute marketing strategy for photographers beautifully laid out there packed with great information for you to help grow your business. And if you are a premium member, I've got something extra special coming to you via Julie as well. I'm going to include that in an email to you following the release of this episode. So look out for that one in your inbox, something extra special from Julie in regards to her Togs in Business membership. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you got a ton from it. Big thanks again to Julie for coming on and sharing everything she did. Make sure you let me know your thoughts on mobile phone usage, social media, getting away from all that, photography projects and creating more time in your life to do the things that you really want to be doing. I really am interested to hear your thoughts on that. Otherwise, have a fantastic week. Stay safe and healthy and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 